because you know why? He's a Frankenstein's monster. Ugh, he's grotesque. Oh. <laughs> he's so grotesque. <laughs> this is part of the lore now, is that we have Frankenstein monsters fighting in the U.S. Army. Why well, is this always a challenge? It's always hunting season. It's always hunting season. It would be a comfort if we could build up our reserve to cover things like this. We can, Simmons. We have an opportunity to make a rather large sum of money immediately. It's outside the door right now in the pocket of a young interior decorator named, uh, for reasons known only to his mother, Byron Casey. Oh, isn't that Pat Casey's boy who used to be second footman at old Mrs. Niebuhaus's in uh, Philadelphia? Where my uncle Buckmaster has been the butler for, lo, these 40 years. What's the deal, sir? Byron has been given $150,000 to refurnish the Horace Appleton house in West Palm Beach. Ooh. His problem is that he would like to keep as much of the cash as possible. <laughs> a problem uh, sharpened by the fact that he already spent a good deal of it on, well, on personal matters. <laughs> now, Byron is eager to turn over the furnishing of the house to us, along with $75,000. Now, it means some weeks of work for all of us, but whatever we don't spend, of the 75 is ours. Boy, that's just yeah. Yeah. That's we don't great. need to spend any of it. We can keep the whole 75. Uh, Mr. Fitzwilliam, let's do it. <laughs> Hello and welcome to another amazing one of a kind genre finding uh, <sighs> palate cleanser. That's what we're doing. <laughs> oh, we are expunging our brains of all that was a 60-year-old sitcom about a Frankenstein's monster as grotesque family. My name is Derek, and I am a monster hunter. Uh, joining me at the monster-headed sectional... Uh, oh, what is it? Mon- monster-headed sectional? Of monsterism? Of monster... Boy, is that what I say? Yeah, oh, I think my so. God. If not, it's it's some AI bot that you have. <laughs> this palate cleanser <laughs> has just wiped me clean. It's too like cleansed, too cleansed, too cleansed. Yeah, uh, it's the one and only Shundi MC himself, Keith. Hey, hey, what's up, KG? Monster <laughs> Hunter, uh, Shundi MC, Monster Hunter Extraordinary. Oh, Jesus, contagious, Derek. I forgot what I was supposed to say. I know. Yeah. Uh, hi. How you doing? Hey, doing well. And that other person that's sitting there, oh, he's just so excited. I keep telling him uh, to, you know, stop playing with the remote, leave the volume alone. Um, I like it. have it where it's set. I like it right there at eight. It's the perfect volume for me. Nothing louder, nothing quieter. Uh, so we're only Dr. Drave, Kansas, Terry. Hey, how's it going? I'm just, you know, I'm trying to sneak in a couple of higher decibels, you know, a couple no, higher levels eight. of... Uh, the thing goes up to like 300, but eight is perfect. <laughs> yeah. unless, unless unless you're watching Hulu, then you got to you gotta lower it down to like. I go from eight two. to three, then back to eight when the commercials yeah. come on, right? It might be more understandable if you put like closed captioning on there or something. But no, you just you prefer no closed captioning strictly at eight. And um, eight. Yep. That volume is perfect for you. It is. It's not too loud. It's not too quiet. Mm-hmm. I can hear everything that's said. Uh, and I as like long it. as nothing else is moving throughout the entire uh, complex. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Well, then shut your goddamn mouth. <laughs> Stop moving around so much. You can't hear it. It's your own fault. Oh, wow. boys. <laughs> We're here. We've done yeah, it. We are. Yes. We've returned to the man cove. Even after we watched all. However, there were episodes of season two of the monsters. 
We came to pet sure. cleanse our pellets because we still have still more monsters to consume after this. Um, yeah, yeah, that's true. It never ends, really. It feels like, but it's nice to pretend it does. Yeah, but before we cleanse our pellets, we got a very important question: How are you guys doing? I'm I'm doing good, man. I'm doing yeah. good. It's been a nice, relaxing weekend. Uh huh. Um, nothing, nothing else to report. Oh yeah. man. Wow. Keith does not have any stories locked and loaded. I'm sure yeah. I do, but I, it's, I, I've shared enough recently. I'm, I think we're good. It'll come up naturally throughout the show. I'm, I'm sure. sure. Mm-hmm. Organic conversation. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Me, I'm, I'm just I'm keeping a closer eye on the uh, the staff here at the, <laughs> the compound as of late. I, mm-hmm. There's been some uh, talk of an underground criminal ring that's been operating near these places, and we're the only thing out here for you know miles. So. I'm kind of getting a little yeah. suspicious. Well, I wouldn't worry, Terry. They don't have nothing against you and I. You're right. They they love us. Yeah. yeah. Hold on. What? <laughs> uh, <laughs> that is a perfect segue into what we're, we have cleansed our palates with this time. Now, our previous palate cleansers, we had we're classics. We had the mini Munsters, the oh, mid-season, God. season one. And then after season two, we, we did... Uh, Cat one, cat from outer space. Cat yep. from outer space mm-hmm. had some monster crossover. I think three monsters people crossed over in that. We watched that. Yep. And boy, did that cleanse our palates. Oh yeah, never been cleaner. Never been cleaner. <laughs> then mid season, we <laughs> we did my grandpa is a vampire. <laughs> that was a doozy we of a just, cleanser. We just. Poured bleach all over our. Mm-hmm. That that was like brain bleach right yeah. there. I think it I was... just got dipped into like hydrochloric acid, but that was, yeah uh... <laughs> came out with only one layer of skin, and yeah. that's it. Just begging for my cleansing to end, please. Yes. please. <laughs> Stop the cleansing! Now this time, <laughs> there is a movie that came up so so often in our Skuma adventures, and it was the. What year is this? 1967 classic Fitzwilly starring yes. Dick Van Dyke. Dick mm-hmm. Van Dyke. Dick Van Dyke. Fitzwilly. Uh, yep. It says here he's a butler and the staff of an eccentric aged philanthropist whose family's wealth is exhausted, engaged in larceny and crimes to maintain her lifestyle and provide funds for her charitable activities. We yep. said that sounds like a good idea. I remember the trailer <laughs> yeah. was like, "Well, that's uh, that looks looks interesting." Yeah, it seemed like a fun like you know shenanigans, hijinks ensuing mm-hmm. kind of thing. So maybe some heists of some sort, you know? Yeah. Yes. Yeah, plus, just the amount of connections it had back to the monsters. I mean, I was very. I mean, we talked about this movie probably more than any other one. Yes. Uh, there over is... the full two seasons, and, and I was very excited to get a chance to see it. There was one amazing connection that occurs towards the end of the movie. Oh. And I almost fell out of my chair when I saw him on screen. <laughs> so much so that I wanted to message you guys immediately, but I didn't want to spoil our adventures today. Wow. Well, Do we want to talk about that one real fast? Sure. Yeah. So there's lots of people in this movie, lots of big names, mm-hmm. but none bigger, in my opinion, <laughs> than. The Red Lobster employee, Norman Fell himself. 
Uh, I had, I had looked at the cast before I started uh-huh. watching, and so the whole movie, I'm sitting there going, "Ooh, when's when's he coming in? When's he coming in? Are they going to a restaurant and he'll walk in? I don't know." Uh, yeah, I was so excited to see Norman Fell in there because, I mean, I I think Derek, you said there's like nine different people that were actually in the monsters, and then we have this like one crossover person that's like connection to the show. <laughs> it's awesome. Very strong because- connection with Keith specifically. Yes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Keith Keith saw a picture and he's he's like, is that me and Norman fell? It was hanging it was hanging, <laughs> it was hanging up in a Hooters in Orlando, Florida. Yeah, okay, now see unless people listened to other shows, Derek, they they I no understand. Oh, about. I know that isn't a bit of an inside baseball joke. Yeah, yeah, you're pulling but Keith had an obscure here. Okay. Keith, when he was a kid, uh had an encounter with a Norman Fell lookalike working in a red lobster. <laughs> I, the guy probably didn't even look like him now that I think about it. But he pro- probably did not. I, mean, I I thought he did. He looked like uh he looked like Three's Company era Norman Fell and uh, my you know child brain didn't understand that why would this actor be <laughs> working at Red Lobster? Yeah. Child yeah, he, he was, he was kind he was kind he was kind enough to like he signed a, an autograph or something <laughs> I, if I remember right, uh, as as Mr. Roper or something like that. It, it was, oh my yeah. god. Yeah, it was, it was very nice of him to do so. Um, but yeah, as soon as I saw that he was in this too, I was like, "Oh my god, this is great!" Mm-hmm. It's an amazing story. I, I, I <clears> we need to get this guy on the podcast. I think he's probably dead. Yeah, I, yeah, I don't think we're getting him unless we're taking the scuba the down. Ouija deep. board. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, he died in '98. So, oh, well, shortly after Keith saw, <laughs> after Keith <laughs> noticed him at Red Lobster. <laughs> No, that's, that's probably about a decade after I saw him. <laughs> Shortly after, in the grand yeah. scheme, in the grand timeline of existence. Mm-hmm. Shortly after. Just a blink of, of an eye. Yes. Well, let, let's talk, before we talk about this movie, let's mm-hmm. talk about some of the people that are in this movie. Let's let's start with the big names that aren't Munster. Norman Fell. <laughs> Norman Fell, we covered. Dick Van Dyke. Yeah. Yep. Huge star. Uh, one of my one of my favorites from when I was a kid, and it was nice to see him there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I agree. I like that guy as well. Barbara Feldon, who plays, I don't know, Juliet Noel is the character's name. She was in Get Smart. That might be her biggest role. Was she like a main character? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Uh, she was uh, his love interest in Get Smart. Uh, like the will they won't they Agent Ninety Nine. And get smart. Like the, the one of the two, there is uh what's his face uh who talked into his shoe, mm-hmm. and then Agent 99, the the other secret agent and get smart. Yes. Right? 138 episodes. She's in all sorts of other stuff, but that's her biggest role. Okay. And that and this fits Willie movie, of course. Oh, sure. Yeah. I'm gonna point out the other one that Keith didn't realize, but is in there Sam Waterston of I would say of Law and Order fame. I think uh, mm-hmm. uh, District Attorney McCoy in Law and Order. I mean, she's in lot. He's in lots of other stuff. Uh, Grace and Frankie. Uh, <laughs> as I scroll through here, yeah, uh, I, I just I did not recognize him at all. No, yeah. See, I, I I'm like, oh, that's that's a young uh, McCoy, but I can't remember what his real name was. Sam Waterston. Sam Waterston was also in one of my favorite Saturday Night Live sketches. Oh really? Holy cow! Yeah, um, and I don't want—I don't want to talk about it too much, but it was a commercial for robot insurance. 
for old people. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Hmm. Was there anybody else, Keith, that struck your fancy? I know you're the the credits um, crawler. Well, I will say not not that as far as like the actors in it. However, um, the original music was by a guy named Johnny Williams. Yeah, John Williams, Star Wars, too. Superman, Indiana Jones fame. Yeah, it's and, the same guy. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, what? But, mm-hmm. Wow. I I just assumed it was like a similar like name, but that's it. No, what? I as soon as I saw it, I paused it and went and went and looked it up, and I'm like. Johnny Williams that must be early in his career so he maybe he went you know that's what he went by and I was I was like I can't believe that's the same guy yeah yeah it is mm-hmm. music by John Williams as Johnny Williams that's crazy wow cool this movie had eight different monsters people that have appeared in monsters appeared in this movie eight that's quite a bit that's a lot yeah yes so we should probably go down them real quick. Yes. The first one is John Fiedler. Fiedler. He appeared in My Fair Monster. Okay. I don't remember. That was season one, episode two. Oh, wow. So Who was he? he? He played Warren Bloom. Who okay. is that? I have no fucking clue. Uh, he was one of the groundbreakers early in on the, the Monsters game. Yeah. Is he probably one of um one of Maryland's uh suitors, probably? Probably not, because I'm thinking he might have been old in this movie. Uh but I could be wrong on that too. Uh because when was he born? 1925. So he was only a few years older than D- Dick Van Dyke when this movie came out. Yeah, maybe. I don't know. I don't know awesome. who he was. But in Fitzwillie, he played the uh, formidable Morton Dunn. Is he the bank or not? The he's like this the department store, like a uh, manager guy who's kind of freaking out. Is that him? Kind of like the bald guy. He was bald. Yes. Um, who he was. I don't know. Morton right. Dunn. And then next we had Gnome Pitlick. Gnome. Gnome. Pitlick, he played okay. Jack Poyer in the Munsters in Happy 100th Anniversary. Okay. Season two, episode six. I don't know who Jack Poyer was. If I had to guess, I would say he was the like uh, manager. Of oh, the building uh, Morton Dunn. Sorry, Morton Dunn is the um, he's the piano salesman. Okay. That's what oh, I was kind of really? guessing, but I wasn't sure. Are you sure? That's the guy that has like the. The voice piglet, right? Oh, yeah, it was. That that would be that's the piano guy then. Yep, yep, yep. yep. Okay. Glad we solved that. Yeah. He was like the only guy I was like, oh yeah, that guy. I recognize his voice. And so Jack Poyer, uh, on the Munsters in Happy One Hundredth Anniversary. Okay. And then in Fitzwillie, he was holy shit, he did a lot of stuff in sixty six and sixty seven. Mm-hmm. He was Charles in Fitzwilly. Well, we all remember Charles. What a great character. Yes. <laughs> great character, Charles. <laughs> Gnome Pitlick. I'm looking at a picture of him. Um, Looks about like half of the cast in the movie. <laughs> yeah. I'm going to guess he was part of the staff. That's, maybe he's like one of the guys like they're calling on the phone. Yeah. Yeah. At the beginning. I yeah. think it was. Yeah, now that I say I, that, 
he he was part of the staff. Yeah, then he's, we have, one, he's one of the younger guys uh, in the staff. That yeah, I just in clicked the staff. on it and they gave like a full picture of. I think it's when uh, Dick Van Dyke is he's explaining their their big plot with Byron. Uh, okay, well there you go. Yeah. Then we have Helen Klebe. Helen Klebe was in two episodes of the Munsters. Nice. Season two, episode 13, Underground Munster. She was the first woman. <laughs> and in 1966, A Visit from Johan, she was the manager's wife. Oh, that, I love that character. Manager's <laughs> wife was one of my favorite moments of the Munsters. Yes. They had a total of like four seconds of screen time. Yeah, like 0.5, like a, basically like a frame of screen and then it was gone. Yeah. She played Mrs. Mortimer in Fitzwilly. Yeah, she's one of the like the maids, housekeeper ladies. Yes. Then we have Arthur Tovey. Arthur Tovey was in one episode of the Munsters, uncredited uncredited as waiter in Munster Masquerade, season one, episode one. So if you remember that, that was the uh the one with the masquerade ball mm-hmm. where at Herman the party dressed, where- yep. Yep. And the dad dressed up like Herman. That was pretty funny. Now that I think about so it. So the waiter was probably the guy walking around with the drinks or whatever. Yep. And it fits Willie. This dude, boy, I got to scroll up pretty far. He did a lot of stuff at 65, 66, and 67. What's his name again? Oh, shit, Keith. Um, <laughs> Albert Arthur Tovey. Arthur. Arthur. Why can't I? Oh, God, I got to actually do a control F for Fitz Willie. He's got so much stuff. Big guy, he's a big deal. He played bar patron, uncredited. Oh, no. <laughs> so he's one of the guys uh, play some bets. Okay. Play yep. some bets mm-hmm. on the bar. Yep. And then from there we have Nolan Leary. Nolan Leary. He was in one episode of the Munsters, season two, episode twelve. Will success spoil Herman Munster? He played the judge in oh. one of Lily's dream sequences, the divorce mm. one, I think. Oh, okay. okay. Nice. And then in Fitzwilly, he played the very memorable man from Old Sailor's Home. <laughs> yeah, well. Yeah, so he's when, uh, uh, what's yeah. her name, catches, uh, catches Albert, when Julia catches Albert stealing a check for mm-hmm. 20000 because he's trying to get it back so that they don't actually cash it. He's you, the uh, the guy who you say that, but he could have been anybody because uh, <laughs> so I'm an old sailor man in this movie. I can't know. refute it because I don't remember. Then we have Dick Cherney. Dick Cherney was in one episode of the Munsters. He was an underground monster. He was the oh. uncredited reporter. Oh, oh and here he's oh. also uncredited. And then in Fitzwilly, as I scroll up, holy shit, all these people did lots of <laughs> shit. He's the in bar 60- patron. He's another bar patron. Yep. Nice. Oh, how cool to be if like this movie had just stuffed all the bar patrons with monsters people. <laughs> like, just one big like uh, Easter There's egg. fifty people in this movie that were from the monsters. <laughs> then we have Paul Reed. He was in Car Fifty Four. Where are you? In the monsters, he was Henry J. Fragosi. Oh yes, I love Fragosi. And in Fitzwilly. Whew, he was Predakin. Hmm. Well, 
<laughs> I don't know. Who that uh, you is. must have been one of the helpers, I guess. P R E T T I K I N. Pritikin. He's the he's the man. He's like the security manager of Goldblatt's. And then our eighth crossover is Monroe Arnold. Monroe Arnold. He was in one episode, Herman's Lawsuit, very recent for us. Yes. He was the movie director. And in Fitzwilly, he plays Goldfarb. <laughs> I, 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 love that I, have, I have no idea which person that is. Goldfarb? Goldfarb. Yeah. That's not a real name. Well, that's what, what it says here. I don't know if it's real or not, but G-O-L-D-F-A-R-B, Goldfarb. I'm going to name my firstborn Goldfarb. There you go. That's a good name, didn't yeah. it? Yeah. Goldfarb. And if you have a name like Goldfarb, you don't need a last name. No, yeah. Well, That's all it's going to be. You just yeah. go by Goldfarb. It's a statement of itself to be named Goldfarb. <laughs> it's definitely a statement of some variety. You can call him Farb for short. Or Goldie. Ooh, Goldie. That's nice. Yeah. Or just Goldfarb. Yeah, Goldfarb is kind of a classic. Hard to just not <laughs> It is. It only only his true friends can call him Goldie. My friends call me Goldie. You can call me Goldfarb. <laughs> it's Mr. Go- Goldfarb to you. Goldfarb Please, Mr. My Goldfarb's my father. <laughs> now that one, I, I that one, that one, I'm not. Yeah, I'm not. Uh, I'm not sure on that one. Now we don't want to go beat for beat on this movie, do we? <laughs> no. Good. I don't know if I could. I don't know, I don't if, know I could. if I could either. <laughs> no, I but... think we we can probably jump through a couple like key parts. Well, yeah, okay, so here's the overall gist. Fitzwillie, Dick Van Dyke, is a butler for a eccentric old woman who doesn't have any money. Second yes. generation butler also, right? His second is, was... well, at least second generation. His father was a butler as well, and his uncle Buttles as well, somewhere across town. Uh, uh, but Bucksworth. Yes. Yeah. But Dick Van Dyke is the leader of a ring of con men and women who steal stuff unrepentantly from various what like retailers basically (laughs) it Mm -hmm. seems like mostly retail stores yeah gimbals and macy's and all those things to either resell through their pawn shop or their resale shop or to just use i don't know but they steal lots of stuff to furnish the old woman's uh, lifestyle, she thinks she's rich, but she isn't. Exactly. Yeah, and, and also, yeah, and so she's and she's a like philanthropist. She gives away a lot of money, and it well, seems like she tries to, but old Fitzwilly yeah. inter- intervenes. Yeah, as, mu- yep. as much as possible. Yeah, as much as possible. Yep. He keeps the checks from going out because there's no money associated mm-hmm. with those checks. Yes. The real drama is when, yeah, she hires a secretary who's not in on the ring and starts. She's not. Kind of yeah, she she's not in it. She's not part of the servant world. Right. Yes. Because apparently this is I, I don't know if it's just their household. It seems like it's just their household because they're they constantly have to do stuff with other hmm. people. and They don't they don't seem like they're in on the, the jig, the other people. Yeah, well, because they talk about having to like trade shifts with other yes. butlers for like, at, but not even butler, like trade shifts with like people doing other jobs at random places. And, mm-hmm. like, so they must all be part, like, legitimately part of like some sort of work community, but they have their own side hustle going on. Yes. Yeah. And, and they all what? seem to have something going on and they, 
but they and they're all oddly interconnected so i'm confused as to a how like if they're getting the money like i mean they got to be like you know greasing palms everywhere along the way like how how much can there actually be left for this lady in the end uh but they, i mean they have scheme after scheme after scheme there's the thing where they're sending out uh what uh letters to people like oh uh with bibles, bi- and, with letters, bibles yeah. and letters people and then people will just send them money back as thanks <laughs> yes mm-hmm. yeah um scheme. Never thought of that. the cool samson delilah uh bet uh bible bet they're like they're raking the money there and i guess the name of the thrift store the saint dismas mm-hmm. uh is actually uh the good thief in christian tradition hmm. well there you go yeah i mean he's a so also she doesn't need that much money to live on if she got rid of most of the staff because it's only her and there's a lot of people there. Well, like she's I, got she's got like ten people taking care of her. At least I mean you still need money to live, like no, to pay the she, bills and no, stuff. No, but her budget could be a lot less if she didn't have to take care but of ten other people. Where does the money come from, though, Keith? Well, from all they're stealing, but I'm just still I'm saying like she doesn't need nearly as much if she didn't. But have she doesn't a, know she needs that, though. Yeah, no, they she inherited one hundred and eighty dollars from her dad when he died. Yeah, She's and, not uh, in on the scheme. She doesn't no. know this. And so if it's Willie and crew are doing this to so she can live her lavish lifestyle mm-hmm. in peace, she dies, I guess yeah. she dies. Yeah. So it's a bit of a Robin Hood sort of thing. Steal from the rich to give to the rich. Yeah, uh, basically. Or perceived from rich. The rich to, mm-hmm. the, to the who think they're rich already, but aren't. Yeah. You know? mm-hmm. Technically, so, were, I guess. Yeah, you know, I mean, it's interesting. And then, yeah, the, the wrinkle comes in when she hires the secretary from out of the loop. She's, a, what, a Columbia grad student? Is that mm-hmm. what she was? Yeah, yeah. She wants to buy a car part-time. Yep. And they they're gonna hire her because the other lady that the other girl they were gonna hire, I thought they said that she had pink eye and wouldn't be available, but it's just pink eye. Pink eyelids, like a bug yeah. eyelids. Yeah, yeah. And like I was a bunny. like, yeah, yeah. But it, the way it sounded it was like I think the old lady thought she had pink eye and that wasn't gonna be around for a while. But that's somebody they had hand selected to come in so they continue doing what they were gonna do. Yes, because she's part of yeah. the. She won't ask questions. Yeah. She'll just come yeah. in. And so this this new young hotshot grad student from Columbia is going to come in and be the secretary for the eccentrical woman who's writing a dictionary for people who can't spell. <laughs> uh, <laughs> yes. What a brilliant idea. Yeah. Uh, it's going to be like that. 50 times longer. than a real yes. More than 50 times probably longer than an actual dictionary. <laughs> And of course, her and Fitzwilly do not get along because Fitzwilly is not expecting this person to come in. And then Fitzwilly hires her to prove that he's a nice guy or something like that. I can't yeah. remember. He doesn't like. Yeah, he's like. She, I don't remember. Yeah. yeah, he said something along the lines of, "Oh, because I knew she would never expect it." So I maybe he's trying to win her over at that point. He's kind of. Um, he's like. He seemed like one of those guys who like if. Uh, he thinks he, he like, he's like, I knew you think I wouldn't do that. So I did anyways, you know, like, mm-hmm. yeah, that kind of thing. He's yeah. Like, kinda yeah. Goes off of, I guess. But like, so, uh, you know, like oceans 11 has like these big elaborate, like Vegas schemes, like, you know, Rob casinos and stuff. I, these aren't too far off from it, but it's like, they're like, he was robbing, uh, like some of the schemes that they do to make some money. So he, he went and bought like a ton of silver 
so they, and then they just get it shipped from the place to their thrift store right away and then they turn around and sell it and also he does the same thing with the uh so he gets the champagne and all the other stuff from like the whatever like the it was not a grocery store but it was like a higher end type thing and just that whole the whole bit where like the guy pulls up to deliver it the people come out they get it they walk in and immediately another car pulls up and they just walk mm-hmm. right back out and reload it it's it's very uh it's very oceans 11 with like how everything kind of like kind of seems to work perfectly on, on clockwork and all the early examples of their schemes well yeah so what they do is this is a much simpler time there's lots of things that happen as we were like oh things were so much easier and or harder at that time uh so they just walk into a into a place into a department store and be like i want all this silver <clears throat> and send it to xyz and bill it to xyz and they say okie doke and then they have somebody <laughs> Fitzwilly has a man on the inside literally working at gimbals or wherever yeah. that intercepts the delivery and then changes the delivery tag to Fitzwilly yes and he he called like three different people, and each one answered the phone and said, "Oh, is this about my mother?" Yes, <laughs> and, it's like their code. Uh, yeah, yeah. And and they go through the whole thing. And he's just like, "Yep, it's going to be it." Uh, yeah, you should have it there. Um, ship it something. Hey, the shipment's going to be to you. And then the last one's like, "Hey, be on the lookout for this thing as it's being set mm-hmm. on a truck." Yeah, but it it and it but it all works with such nice precision. And he like as long as that other as long as the new person Juliet doesn't get introduced, like. They're just they're churning along with their with their schemes like no problem whatsoever. Yeah. And then they got that big score where they're gonna make seventy five grand for refurbish refurnishing a home in Miami by stealing a whole bunch of shit and having a ship there, and they just keep the seventy five grand. <laughs> okay, so they said that guy got hundred and twenty five thousand or whatever from mm-hmm. from folks, and I looked it up, that would be one point four oh two million. Mm-hmm. Oh my god. Yeah, so I was like, oh, 75,000, they're going to like, how much are they going to give? That? Like, like, they're talking about this is going to like take care of them for a long time. Not, you know, thinking about 1967 money, but like, so yeah, they got like a million dollars for yep. to do this. And all they're going to do is just scam their way around on it. Mm-hmm. I mean, if you're good at it, I mean, uh, they needed to get a grand piano, silver, and tense i think uh, some, i don't some know some kind of a chair like a, a a chinese chair that they're all set to go with but then juliet thinks that it looks pretty cool and so she's gonna she shows it to miss Fitzgerald, and she's she wants to keep it yeah which is and, and just constantly like undermining like every little thing that they got going on well undermining means intent though i think but okay yeah yeah she's just she's constantly just she's doing something constantly to not that that's like throwing everything off off a loop and causing Fitzwilly to like do extra work the whole time. So the new hire, they need to get rid of the new hire, and Fitzwilly has the plan. And the plan is he's going to take her out for dinner, and she's he's going to invite her on a date because make the moves on her. Yeah. And she's going to. It'll so be embarrassed. so embarrassing because mm-hmm. they're such different status levels, even though he is. What kind of graduate? He graduated like cum magna laude, cum laude from cum laude somewhere or whatever. Yeah, yeah, from a, from a Whit- really nice place. Whitmore like or wasting, Whitworth or something. Yeah, he's wasting his so. time as a as a butler. Yes, but it'd be such a status status thing that she would have to quit the job. She'd be so embarrassed. Uh, but she accepts the job, accepts the date, and yep. he says, "Well, I'll have to put the moves on her." 
uh, make a pass at her. And the old priest that works for Fitzwilly, <laughs> it does not like that. No, yes. because yeah. he because he's kind of he he's kind of uh, become endeared to her. I guess he he yeah. she helps him out when she thinks he's act- well, he is stealing, but she's like, okay, I won't tell anybody. Um, it's really our secret. Just if you have this urge to steal again, come talk to me and yes, you know, we'll, we'll take yep. care of it. Yeah. I think she kind of like opens his eyes to like feeling very guilty about what he's doing. Um, mm-hmm. Oh yeah, very much so. He doesn't like it because she's such a nice person. It's Willie says something along the lines of, yeah, I get it. She's nice. I like her too, but we got to do this because otherwise she's going to fuck up our shit. Hardcore. Mm-hmm. And they go out to dinner, right? To a nice little uh, underground, <laughs> literally underground <Yes>. Italian restaurant. <laughs> yep, yep. They have a romantic dinner together, and then mm-hmm. they have an argument, and then they make out. Yes. Well, and the argument is, and the argument is, you shouldn't be a butler. He's like, but I have this is what I do, and blah blah blah. Yeah. You can't love me, and well, I can love you, and they love one another. Yep. Yeah, turns out that Billy has fallen for her quite yes. hard. Yeah, and and very quickly, <laughs> like they 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 go from uh kind of like bickering at each other to uh, we're gonna be getting married. Yes, uh, in sure. like no time flat. I knew they were gonna fall in love eventually, but yeah, mm-hmm. I didn't realize that it was gonna take like yeah five minutes. Yeah, bit of a pacing issue in this movie. Yeah, I but- think I would have been all right. <laughs> I would have been all right if they were just like, oh yeah, we're in love and we're you know. We're seeing each other now, but they were like all of a sudden f- fiance and it's how he's being introduced and stuff. I'm like, wait a minute. Yeah. They went out on one date and now we're to this point. Anyway, so they go on a date, right? <clears throat> they fall in love. They make out at the table. They, they go home. They bicker. He, they don't look the waiter in the eye because he'll start giggling. Yeah. 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 The, really the kind of bossy to him, like the sommelier or whatever, the wine guy. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, the wine kid. Um, yeah, he, he bosses him around like you have to do this first. You have to serve the man first, then the woman, and then yeah, then the, <laughs> Juliet's like, "Oh, you're so nice." I was like, "He's being rude." <laughs> I don't know. I don't think he's being rude. I don't think the no. kid knew what to do, so he yeah, was just he telling said, him. He said, "Serve the guy first, so that way etiquette. any, any yeah. cork pieces fall into there first. Oh, really? Yeah, and yeah. then serve the the woman, and then go ahead and then finish filling up the you know the the yes. guy's thing, and then leave the bottle. Yeah, dude gets first pour in case there's cork residue, and then hmm. yeah. So okay. well, it was he was being. He's, he's going through it from a very. Yeah, no, he's going through it from a very butler's perspective. Yeah, very um, technical butler esque mm-hmm. butleries or whatever. I don't. Know. I see. Like using like the soup spoon for soup and the other spoon for other things. Yes. yes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That fork's a salad fork. You dumb shit. Right. Like yes. This. <laughs> okay well maybe he's a nice guy all right yes Fitzwilly is the the rich he man's thief charming as hell throughout the whole movie everybody does stuff for him everybody likes Fitzwilly. everybody loves Fitzwilly. even the old lady is like i don't adore him i love him yes mm-hmm. <laughs> she does love him yeah 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 she has no idea all the stuff that he's doing all the laws he's breaking or to keep her uh, the way she is and yet she still is like oh i love him he takes care of everything well he yeah does. i mean like he's doing all that for her though, for the most mm-hmm. part. Yeah, he loves her too. She yeah, basically like raised him. Yeah. Um, there was one thing as the, we were in this; they were on this date. 
Uh, well, actually, as soon as he first answers the door when she appears, I'm like, man, he's so much older than her. And I knew there was going to yeah. be a romance involved. I looked up. He was only seven years older than she was. Oh, really? Oh. So he was born in like 26 and she was born in 33 or something like that. Really? Wow. Yeah. He did look a lot older, I thought, too. Yes, so. he did. Uh, so at this time, if he was born in 26, he would have been like in his late 30s and she would have been in her early 30s as a grad student. Yeah. Okay. So, I don't know. Uh, but I'm sure they were probably playing younger at the time. Um, so, yeah, probably. Mm-hmm. So I wasn't as bothered by it, but it felt like a, like a, a, a May December sort of thing. I'm like, why is this old man hitting <laughs> on this young woman? And I'm like, yes. well, they're not that far. It's not like she's 17 and he's 40 or something like right. that. Right. Well, yeah. and also, like, he's. Supposedly he's hitting on her to get her to leave and not be in the way anymore, which is weird that it suddenly turns out he's like, oh, I actually do really like her. Well, I think I I think there's uh, there was always that tension as soon as they mm-hmm. first laid eyes upon one another. They're yeah. both ready to to get it on in the parlance of their time. <laughs> um, yeah. I should have added a scene of that in there. <laughs> the, the, the crazy raw sex scene in this PG yes. movie <laughs> from 1966. Just yeah, add another 15 minutes to it. Yeah, everything else. Well, so then they have to come up with the big. They they can't solve the Miami family problem. They can't get all the shit, even though they already got a piano for him, which is amazingly yeah. insane, and shipped it down there, no problem. Yeah, uh, and mostly it's because they're in Vienna or or Venice, one of the two, and it's been raining there, so they're going to come home early. And then it turns out they just really hated that, so they're going to come home even quicker. Yeah, I don't know. So the people that are just coming home ahead of schedule, mm-hmm. and so Fitzwillie and crew can't fulfill the order, but they have Fitzwillie has a grand scheme to get the money to cover what they've lost from that because didn't a check go out or something like that for Uh, yeah um $50,000 to cancer research yes which is a noble cause he normally checks all the mail but she make sure that she doesn't do send out something randomly but this time Juliet took all the letters yes and it fits well he noticed it and bothered him but he didn't didn't click what bothered him Check went out, and so <clears throat> all the money that they have gotten so far is gone, and now they yeah. have to find a solution. So 75, and so this was 50 there. There was 20 to the old sea people's home, and mm-hmm. five to, like, uh, some people trying to climb Everest or something like that. Something like that, right? So all the money that they had is gone. Now they have to recoup that money and then they were going to get this, whatever this grand scheme is, we're going to recoup that money and then keep everybody in. It's like the one mm-hmm. final score for the Fitzwilly crew. And, and Julie, yeah. and Go this ahead. is all, and this, and he, they've come up with this because, uh, is this, she's, she's already figured out that he's a thief at this point too, at, at this point. Yes. And she wants him to stop being a crook. And he's like, all right, one last heist. We got to do it. So the one of the funnier heist moments in this movie is Fitzwilliam crew go to 
some camping expo. <laughs> they go to the Abercrombie and Fitch dressed up like Abercrombie and Fitch employees and start disassembling this whole camping display mm-hmm. uh, yes. complete with uh, native tribesmen and white yeah. hunters, stuff, uh, bears uh, stuff, stuff bears, stuff like bears, uh, a, a, a African version of Smokey the bear. Uh, yes, an African version of Smokey the Bear. Yep. They're tearing all this stuff down, and then the cops come up and like, oh, taking it down early. And he's like, ah, it got sold. And so Fitzwilly, because he's so charming, ends up getting the police to help him take everything out of. Yes. <laughs> they said they said no dollies. No and dollies. He's like, let, let me go see what I can do for you. So like four cops and mm. a bunch of dollies cart all the stuff out, and Fitzwilly just walks out behind like, Cracking his knuckles and yeah, and that's because um, uh, the the old lady wants. She asks him for this like within like the first five minutes of the movie uh, that she wants these so that the the platypus the platypi group yeah the boy scout um, yeah so they can yeah get some uh, pick up some safari tents so they can camp out so toughen them up for college marriage and Wall Street and Wall Street yep. That was an early morning or early, mm-hmm. early uh, movie sort of line, right? Yeah. And then so that was entertaining, but they have these Abercrombie and Fitch outfits. And then what's her name? Juliet sees one of them laying there and they come up with some sort of lie. It's like, oh, it's for, I don't even remember. Um, and then it was in the newspaper that some people stole the whole Abercrombie and Fitch. And then so then she, because she's a smart grad student, puts it two and yeah. two together. Goes back to the house, gets the whole breakdown from the priest, and then confronts Fitzwilly, mm-hmm. and she's like, "I'm ride or die, motherfucker. Let's roll." She's like, <laughs> "Yeah, it's like I don't care. Yeah. I like, but you have to stop eventually." Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I don't yeah, give a shit. Like, I'll forgive everything that you've been doing till now, but you have to stop if we're gonna be together. Yeah, I what think she likes. Yeah. She likes it. Yeah, she can't have her husband going to jail and leaving her alone with the children, beating the pokey. Yeah. yeah. And so, and then that's when she tells him about the $50,000. He realizes, all right, we got to do it. And she kind of gives him like, like doesn't come up with the exact plan uh, for what he's going to do, but she lays a a bit of a thing that he turns into an idea for how Mm -hmm. they're going to make all this uh, money back. They want to be able to give Byron his 75 K back, even though he just wants furniture and then also have enough for them to all live nice for a while. And she wants in. She wants to help. Mm-hmm. She's like, I'm all in on this lifestyle. <laughs> I've yes. thought about it quite a bit. <laughs> I've always fantasized about being a criminal. But Fitzwilliam, of course, can't let her do that. He's like, you can't, you can't be an accessory before the fact. No, blah, yeah, blah, he refuses to share the plans with her because if she knows, then yeah, she's going to be in big trouble. Yeah. Yes. If she they get caught, I guess. And she's like, well, I'll figure it out anyway. Or Albert will just tell me. Yep. Yeah. And she inadvertently would. figures it out. But mm-hmm. the plot, the plan is, I like the plan. Yes. And they go and create absolute chaos <laughs> at Gimbal's on Christmas Eve. Yep. Which which is awesome because this also works as like a Christmas episode for us, it's, which we never actually got to do with uh, the Munsters. Yeah, it's a Christmas movie. So they create absolute chaos on yep. the busiest day of the year. And because it's so busy, there's so much cash there. 
they Fitzwillie is just going to get all the cash that's in the department store and walk out with it. Yep. How is he going to do that? We don't know. Up there, yeah. yeah. But yeah, I like the idea too. It's kind of a yeah, basically inciting a riot so that nobody will mm-hmm. know. So everybody's doing crazy uh, things and nobody's going to notice him doing crazy. So things what, they they do everything from uh, they in a couple of places they put umbrellas in the door so nobody can leave while they're out front like selling like Santa toys or doing the um, Salvation Army thing. They've got the platypi. They're mm-hmm. singing in front of a couple other uh, entrances. Mm-hmm. So they got they, the little uh, boys yeah. singing. They put they, up a sign that says free color TV uh, with ed- with every purchase, no matter how much, no, which yeah, that no, sends everyone awesome. into complete chaos. Everyone's That's in there for deal. free TVs. Great deal. And yeah. then like there's one time where like uh, as people are trying to leave, they un they they inflate a like a like a, a raft. A bunch yeah. of rafts, yeah. They they cause people to trip. They're dropping umbrellas everywhere. Open umbrellas. Yeah. They got man one guy pinching people's butts. Pinching people's butts and then mm-hmm. causing riot, causing melees. Anyway, there's so many people in this. Yeah. There, there is a possibility that everybody that was ever on the Munsters was in Gimbals. <laughs> you might be right. <laughs> yeah. There were yeah. so, many, so people. many people in there, and this is pre-CGI. Mm-hmm. Uh, so everybody in there is a real human being. And the whole yep. concept is get they make it so all security has to come downstairs. Yes. And then they can go on up to do what they need to do. Because okay. we see like people besides the gang, like, you know, stealing things. And like, oh, I love that little old lady, the little yeah. ladies. And, and he comes over. He's like, uh, 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 and so she puts the perfume back till he walks away. And then she just grabs it again and takes it. So many yes. people are thieving. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then Fitzwilliam makes his way up there with the priest. They puts on a disguise, pretends he's from the insurance company, and he's here to collect all the money because it's so busy and there could be a robbery and mm-hmm. there could be a riot. And then he walks out with the big box. Oh, so Norman Fell was the person in charge of the money. Mr. Mm-hmm. Roper gives the money to Fitzwilliam. Fitzwilliam puts it in a box, ships it to the, uh, whatchamacallit, the thrift shop, and walks on out. Yeah, yep. easy as that. He changes. He takes off the disguise, so he looks back to what he's wearing, and he tells Albert to put on the disguise and walk out. Yep. Well, no, he said to leave it, but Albert. Oh puts yeah, it yeah, on. yeah. That's that's right. He says to leave behind. Albert puts it on and then confesses the crimes of stealing money, but he tries to take the whole blame. Yeah, he wants it to just be him. He he wants to be punished for his sins. Punished yeah, for his sins. Because ever since Juliet caught him the one time, he's felt guilty about it. She got him to crack and tell him everything that's been going on. Mm-hmm. Um, and so now he feels guilty and he wants to atone for for all these sins. Yes, he does. Yep. Yeah. But lucky for Fitzwillie, the assistant district attorney is there and is an old friend of, I can't remember what the old woman's name is, that Fitzwillie uh, works for. Miss Vicky. Miss Vicky, yeah. Yes. She, so, got, she got a lot of dirt on him. A lot of dirt. Like this kid like had a mistress, cheated, got kicked mm-hmm. out of Harvard or something. All this I lo- stuff. I love it. She keeps ratcheting it up until he's like, oh, fine. Okay, you got me. So then he's just like, fine. If she says, I'll pay it back. Just let him go. And he's like, fine. We'll, we'll take the money. No harm, no foul. We'll give him some misdemeanor. So she writes a check on the spot for $75,000. Uh, a counter fit- check? Yeah, so they ran back up. Back in the day, you could just, they just give you a check at the place if you didn't have one? 
I have no idea. Couldn't tell you. Sounds about right, though. Mm-hmm. Filled out a check for 75 grand, gave it over to Gimbals. They said, sweet. And then that's it. And if well, it's, a check for, it's a check for 190. Yeah. 190? Whatever. It's a ton of money. Yeah. It's so it's much money. Really- He's really like he's depressed. He's like all this work for nothing, and now we're deeper in the hole. But there's a twist. There is mm-hmm. a twist. They get home, and Fitzway's or whatever the old lady's name is, she it's goes, "Oh, don't worry, I got that money from a book advance for my stupid fucking dictionary." <laughs> <laughs> I got a half. half a million, a half a million advance for A to L, and they're and because they're making a movie out of it. Yeah, about her, have like even a sequel, maybe. Like, yes. there's a lot of deals going on about this. There's a lot of crazy shit going on. But you know, I did kind of like that. Like, yeah, most people didn't like the concept of this whole like dictionary thing, like how mm-hmm. the misspelling dictionary. But when she's like breaking it down to her assistant, the secretary, it kind of is revealed that it's really not about the words. It's about like how much she hated her dad. Yes, <laughs> like every word. Yeah. Like as an explanation about something her dad mm-hmm. did or something stupid as her dad did. Yeah. Uh, so I did psychi- kind of like that. Psychiatrist. And I think she's like at one point in time, her dad told her like not to bother with psychiatrists and then took up the rest of her hour. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So I thought that was kind of funny. Like there actually is kind of like a, it seems stupid, but actually the book's not about the misspelling. Mm-hmm. It's about her, her dad yeah. the whole time, which is kind yep. of funny. And that's what the, the, the friend who's a publisher, uh, Juliet's dad's friend who's a publisher, he's reading it. He goes, "This the hell with the dictionary thing. This works as a, you know, as a story about her." He's like, "We probably can get movie rights." Mm-hmm. Uh, Five hundred thousand in nineteen sixty-seven is uh, four point six seven five million dollars. That's a nice little advance. They probably she... would get movie rights because I mean, if you think about this, Fitzwilly was based off a <clears> book, and uh-huh. that movie was made. I mean, yeah. I've never heard of this Fitzwilly book, but yeah. They're making movies about anything back then. I mean, they still are. But... And that and that's really the end. And it ends with the like the <clears throat> oh my the da, 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 you know like they're jumping in the air and freeze moment Basically, almost. They're both like kissing him on the cheek at the same time. Yeah, everybody that's... loves Fitzwilly. So Fitzwilly gets the happy ending. All the buttles get happy endings. <laughs> the old lady gets a happy ending. It's just happy endings all around. Yeah, mm-hmm. it all is resolved in a nice tight bow. And a bunch of no harm, no fouls on a bunch of criminal activity. Right. We're good. Everything's cool. Yeah. Nobody was hurt besides insurance companies. It, I guess. Uh, the guy who sold him the the guy who sold him the uh, the piano sees him and he's like freaked out about it. Mm-hmm. And the guy's just like, hey, I just wanted to get tickets to that you know person's performance when they when they yeah. you know, use our I'll give piano you four. perform. Yeah. He scams some little dweeb uh, piggly scams piglet out of a brand <laughs> new piano. How dare you? It's piglet. <laughs> it's, that's a pretty good description. Of yeah. <laughs> he was a little a dweeb. dweeb. Uh, yeah, I, it was, it, it was, yeah, it, it was pretty funny. But so all that stuff happens and yeah. then it ends in a very, like you said, nice, nice little bow, tightly wrapped up package. Mm-hmm. And it was Fitzwilly. I kind of I like the gist of Fitzwilly. Mm-hmm. Like I think the idea is interesting of like this butler trying to fund his <laughs> like whatever uh, uh, employer like with by yeah. scheme, scheming and scamming and everything. I think that's kind of funny, and there's a lot of room for fun stuff in it, and there is some fun stuff in this, but 
it is kind of just a little dull, I think. And it seems like it's dragged on for a long time. And I mean, it's a lot of just like people walking around and like, you know, changing labels and stuff like that. So mm-hmm. it's super exciting, yeah. I guess, which is maybe my issue. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I mean, there's probably 15 minutes easily to cut down and make this about like a, an hour 30. And uh, I'll be honest, I love this thing. This was great. You like this movie? I loved every bit of it. Really? Okay. I mean, I with the like, I mean, the cheesy exception of they went from kind of uh, you know not liking each other to we're getting we're getting married like mm-hmm. in like a matter of like a week or two uh and and all but i the whole concept of like yeah like all the different like intricacies of him pulling off all these like little mini heists and all these other little shenanigans they got going on uh to make the money he's not getting any money himself personally because he lives there um and so it's just like you know making sure that him and the rest of the staff are all taken care of uh the whole just chaos of that final uh thing at the end is is just so nutty um, but yeah, I, I loved it. I loved the entire thing. I, me too. I really enjoyed Fitzwilliam. Really? Wow. Yes. I'm the only uh, one that didn't like it as much. Okay. Th- so uh, the biggest issues are the 1960s movie pacing issues. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like they spent way too much time on like some of the minutiae that doesn't matter. Like, <clears> oh, <throat> here's a label. I'm going to put a label on a box and now let's see. The, let's see it happen again. Now let's see it happen again. How did they do this? Let's see it happen again. They spent way too much time on the the finer details of how they scammed yes. these various uh, stores, mm-hmm. right? Agree, and yeah. not enough time on if they were going to have a blossoming relationship. Not enough time with that. Yes, right? I would have liked a lot more of like yeah, them. You know the 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 chemistry. I guess the romantic tension between the two, mm-hmm. like building like that would have been nice because really there isn't that much of that there isn't right there's the initial interaction and the next day and then she's like well maybe you aren't and then so she hears all this great stuff about Fitzwilly, and but they really don't have a whole lot of interactions mm-hmm. um but there's a i don't know there's a lot for, i liked a lot about this movie like a lot like the majority of it it's not like a 10 star movie it's mm-hmm. not a 10 out of 10 but i really enjoyed it I, I that's the thing. It's not ten star, but I was so pleasantly surprised with it mm-hmm. uh, throughout the whole thing. I just every little thing, but again, it felt like the the Ocean's Eleven thing. Where like, no matter what scheme he's gonna have happen, and any little difficulty he thought he was gonna have, it's all gonna work out. Don't worry. Yeah, he kind of George Clooney his way through the, mm-hmm. the the whole movie. Just this charm alone. The whole beginning of the movie was a constant reminder of how difficult how much more difficult things were to do back then than they are now. <laughs> right. Like I'm watching them. They're talking, taking notes and the guy has to plot this little piece of paper, a little notepad and write down notes on it. Right. Yep. They're like setting a clock by hand and they get to like, <laughs> they get to like sit there and do all this stuff. The rearrange lines, like everything was just slower and harder to do. But yep. then you get the, the whole, like it, so these this butler team could have been replaced by like an iPhone, a dude with an iPad, right? Like, <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah. But then yeah. you have these stores and it was a time there were no credit cards. There was no credit cards. Yes. There's no credit checks. There's no way to like 
There's no inner uh, like uh, national computer registry of any names and stuff like there's nothing. So it's just like send it here for here, and yeah. they're like, yes, sir, and they do it no have to problem. Take their word for it. Yeah, yeah like how it like th- this day and age, I feel like you might get caught a lot easier if you're oh, not God. careful. Yeah. Within yeah. seconds. With this guy, the, yeah, they're just like, they'll just, they have to trust whoever tells them what they say and they have to do it. And yeah, yeah it's, there's not a lot of like safety measures. It feels like to stop something like this from happening, I guess. Mm-mm. And, and was like, when he goes to get the piano, he, he gets a letter that's been signed by this other guy and they, they erase everything off except for the signature. So then when he puts everything down and all it, and the guy's like on the the uh, piglets on the phone with his boss. And he's like, no, I, I know the guy's goddamn signature. This is a legit yeah. letter. Uh, even though it's a, it's not forgery, it's a real thing. But they did. They forged the rest of the letter and stuff like, yeah, it's just there's no. Let me go double check uh, the Internet to make sure, like, maybe yep. we have an electronic database for these things. Nope. No database, no Internet, no nothing. All yeah. I have to do is call the phone number, which is on the paper provided by mm-hmm. the con man and the phone is answered by another con man yes mm-hmm. like, how would you trace him right like couldn't you have to remember his face and just like yeah. see him again like they do in this when the piano guy yeah. sees him again but it's like you would never be able to figure out who that really was unless you like could track him down somehow yeah. even like norman fell when he's when they when they got him all there at the end and he's trying to convince albert not to you know take the fall on this and norman fell's like don't I know you from somewhere? He's like, no, no, we've never met. Yeah. You know, Cause he, he's kind of recognized with the, you know, the fake mustache and glasses that he had earlier uh, and the occasional uh, accent that he likes to use uh, at each place that he goes. I think he's like a British accent. Then he uses a French accent at one place. Yep. And he was kind of like more of a rugged uh, yeah. Southern guy. I think at one point too, mm-hmm. different accents, different, some different disguises here and there claimed he was different people all the time. Uh, I think at one time they show Albert and it's almost like, you know, like a, like a spy movie where they're going through and they get like, you know, 10 passports and they're picking out who they want to be. He's got mm-hmm. like 10 different uh, store. <laughs> yeah. Employee <laughs> badges, employee yes. badges that he's got and stuff. Mm-hmm. But yeah. I, I mean, I really, I really, really like this, but like, if you wanted to do like a remake of this, you would still, you'd have to keep it still in like that sixties, early seventies thing before you started getting all this other technology in. I mean, you have to, otherwise it doesn't work. Well, I mean, or you just changed the scam somehow. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, yeah, yeah they're doing something else to rip somebody else off. But I mean, I, I, I the, the whole thing at the end at, at, at gimbals and all the chaos that they're going through and, and creating is, it, it's just so wacky and over the top. Mm-hmm. The first time that we see uh, Miss Vicky, she's walking along with a group of boys. We find out later she doesn't like, some of the rules of the cub scouts so she mm. made up her own thing called the sub scouts and these are the platypi mm. yes mm-hmm. yes he wrote the song for them we are the the platypus troop a manly and virtuous group opposed to almost every sin we hate reefers girls and gin oh is that uh, what's reefers yeah they love fitz really yeah yeah mm-hmm. everybody does except mm-hmm. for terry oh god oh, terry hates everyone. him Oh god! If I get my hands on Fitzwilly, oh no, he wasn't so bad. You know, he's mm-hmm. you know, he had an admirable cause. I guess he loved this old woman. He wanted to support her, and he does. Mm-hmm. That's great. Yeah, I just I don't know. There's like a lot of these servant people. Like I, I feel like there's too many servant people. Like I didn't really get 
to know any of them besides maybe Albert, which I liked. Mm-hmm. I wish maybe they would have focused more on Albert because I liked him being kind of like the conscious of the group, maybe or something. Mm-hmm. But they don't really dive too deep into that until yeah he starts confessing. I'm like, well, I guess that makes sense. But um, yeah, it's it, there's a lot of stuff going on in this movie, and it just was kind of like a little scattered and yeah, taking its time in some places. I would have preferred them just to rush through. And I'm gonna propose or present something to you guys and either say I'm crazy or a genius either way. Ooh, okay. Hmm. What was that, Keith? Hmm? Like you're going to call no. me crazy anyway? <laughs> you, I mean, like, I, I, you could be both. I mean, crazy. Yeah, I feel like, yeah, yeah that, hmm, kind of sound like he already made up his mind. Yeah, already. exactly. Well, <laughs> yes, I mean, I did a long time okay. ago, but yeah. Uh, Fitzwilly is a tamer version of Fight Club. Oh. Huh. There's this whole group of people that work around you you don't know who they are whatever uh they're disguising themselves as various people within the serving industry mm-hmm. yeah they're pulling all sorts of capers and crimes all for their own benefit and they you know they don't it, it, so like fight club you know it, you know like the whole fight club whatever right um but you know, know they, we, don't, we don't talk about it so yeah but I mean, they don't talk about what they're doing either, right? And then uh, there's Marla becomes involved uh, with Tyler, and it ruins everything. Or the narrator, whichever one you want to call. Uh, same thing here with uh, whatever her name was. I can't remember. Juliet. Juliet and uh, old Fitzwilly. I mean, Fitzwilly has different personas that he uses, and he goes about. They all have these mm. fake IDs. Uh, sure. They're doing all of these various things. Uh, yeah, it's a little more focused and it's not as much anarchy. But it, like I said, I mean, it's not a, a one-to-one analog, but I felt like it was rather Fight Club-ish in a way. Uh, and, or maybe Fight Club is Fitzwilly-ish in a way. Oh, yeah. I bet Fight Club took some cues, honestly. Yeah. I yeah. mean, I, I can see the similarities. On Yeah, I think you're right. I think like the, the underground ring. Mm-hmm. They all seem to like have a community around this like yep. thing. They're all best friends, basically. And, yep. and then, yeah, the outsider comes in and there's some tension. Like it's yeah. kind of starts to like figure mm-hmm. out she's kind of ruining things for him and everything. Yeah. Because it, it's not just the it's not just the people in the house either, because I think like when they need to get the piano and they're like, oh, we need a truck. He goes, you need a truck? Yeah. Yep. Uh, my cousin <laughs> Bob is a butler, you know, three doors down. You can borrow his and then and. They say something else like, "Oh no, no, yeah, we got you know, Dave over at so and so. He'll he'll switch uh, shifts or something and, and do that." And they, I imagine they just dropped him like a hundred bucks and called it a day or something. They call Fitzwilly Sir all the time. He calls them children. Yeah, mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. he doesn't shave their heads and call them space monkeys or anything like that, which <laughs> would have been awesome. Would have been <laughs> but, better. Made the movie a lot better. Yeah. Space monkey. Yeah, I mean, I just I'm watching it all the time. It's like, man, this is this is like a PG 1960s fight club to an extent. Yeah, I uh, you know, and I also gotta say because of the fact that we had like eight or nine different people connected to this, and so uh, on our skooma trips, this came up quite a bit. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think it pays off great for how many times we talked about it. Yeah, okay. it was definitely yeah. worth the effort, in my opinion. Yeah. It's mm-hmm. it's the best of the uh, yes. Uh, palate cleansers. I undoubtedly agree with that a hundred percent. Very much so. There, everything else has been hundreds of times worse than this. <laughs> yes. Maybe not Captain Space. Not maybe that was like only like 
two times worse. <laughs> 80 to 90 times worse, not quite hundreds of yeah, times worse. exactly. Like the others, though, yeah. like the months, mini also, monsters, that was awful. The grandpa thing, vampire. Oh, God. Oh, God. So <laughs> but also, as far as the palate cleanser, like, I don't know, it wasn't meant like, oh, we watch it. We end up watching something that was worse than monsters. So we came back. Yeah. It would be better. Actually, it actually helped. Yeah. yeah. With many monsters, it helped a lot. Yeah. When, yes. when we come back to watch, uh, when we come back to watch these movies, I'm going to be like, well, it's no Fitzwilly. <laughs> well, yeah, it's going to be hard to compete with Fitzwilly, but yeah, you know, it made me forget about the monsters quite a bit. It did. <laughs> so yeah, it worked in that nice. regard. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But we know what we thought. What did the internet say? Oh, uh, in January thirty first, two thousand six, Bugmouth GA had this to say: <laughs> Bugmouth. <laughs> Fitzwilly, lovely film. First, let me just paint point out to one reviewer, Bop Pop or something like that, that Fitzwilly is not a Disney film. So if you find it immoral, well, don't blame them. What? Secondly, it is just a movie. And considering some of the horrible junk that has been brought out by Hollywood over the years, some of which was intended for children, some not, it's hard to even think of this charming little film as immoral, disgusting, or anything else. Wow, wow. this person wrote a lot. It's very I'm passionate, gonna, it sounds like. Dude. I'm going to get cut to the end. Some have said this is a children's movie. I certainly think it's safe for a child to watch it. But sometimes the subtle humor might go over their heads. I think it's just a fun, lovely movie with wonderful actors having a good laugh and creating an enjoyable couple of hours. 34 out of 39 found this helpful. Like there's like six paragraphs I cut out here. 10 out of 10. <laughs> Dang. Here's I, would, a I mean, I'd agree. Not not a children's film. I don't think children would like this movie very much, but yeah. Um, No, kids would hate this movie with a passion. Mm -hmm. January 1st, 2021. Ringing in the new year was Ditto Foster 73. He had this, or they had this to say, a caper fueled by compassion. This household did what they felt needed to be done to keep a woman healthy and happy. In fact, it helped them all stay healthy and happy and brought joy to everyone it touched in a matter-of-fact way. Zero out of one found this helpful, 10 out of 10. So somebody didn't like that review. (laughs) Basically. <laughs> yep. This isn't helpful at all. <clears throat> um, and then let's scroll down to lots of tens and nines. Here we go. And December sixth of twenty sixteen, Plankton Rules had this to say. Oh enjoyable. Oh god, did he write a lot? No. Dick Van Dyke is the title character and Fitzwilly is the affectionate way folks refer to claude fitzwilliam he's the perfect butler and very devoted to his lady however she doesn't realize that she's apparently broke and in order to continue living her lifestyle fitzwilly and the other servants perform capers exclamation points two of them however their next one is going to be tough as juliet barbara felton has just hired by was just hired by the mistress and this newcomer doesn't realize the staff are a bunch of thieves dot 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 so much of the film consists of the gang trying to keep her busy and away from their planning <sighs> this is a very amiable caper picture while it's not a classic like riff riffy <laughs> director <laughs> delbert Mann and the cast do a nice job additionally the ending offers a nice surprise and the film is worth your time by the way, if you if you do see this, 
look for a young Sam Waterston in a small role as one of the thieves. Six out of six found it helpful. Seven out of ten. I, mm. I, I obviously didn't find it helpful. I didn't read you that did one not time. Look it. You should have read that review, Keith. All right. Yeah. Then in December 12th of 2014, it's Barry had this to say. Huh? I love tame little 1960s movies, but this was just a mess. The plot, simple as it is, i.e. Rich Lady's staff stays on even though Rich Lady is bankrupt, doesn't make sense until about 30 minutes in, and barely even then. I'm still puzzled about the thrift store in Philadelphia angle. It really wasn't that difficult. <laughs> Stop it. <laughs> Dick Van Dyke's character and Barbara Feldon's character initially don't like one another, but by their third meeting, their third meeting, they're suddenly in love and getting married. And the ending, dot, 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 if someday TCM has a program called Film History's Most Implausible Ending, Fitzwilly will definitely get a nod. The only wow. upside here is that Performances are pretty good. Plus, you get to see a very young Sam Waterston. (laughs) (laughs) That's what it says. I'm guessing this was rushed into the. That's why I chuckled at first. I'm guessing that this was rushed into theaters because in 1967, anything with Dick Van Dyke in it couldn't help but be a hit. Three out of nine found this helpful. Four out of ten. It's not a good sign when the review starts with, huh? Yeah. And then finally, yeah, March 6th of 2008, R.P. Surian, R.P. S.U.R.Y.A.N. I don't know. R.P.S. Yurian had this to say. This is funny. I saw this movie in the theater when it first came out. Yes, wow. I'm that old. Okay. The theater was full and it was the holiday. Strangely, not one laugh was heard during the entire movie. It was flat, unfunny, and dull, dull, dull. Maybe I missed something at that time. So 15 years later, when it was on television, I watched it again. It still wasn't funny. Sorry, folks, (laughs) but this is just a bad movie. John Cheevers was the only actor who got a smile out of me. I would give it a zero if the vote scale would let me. As for the morality issue... The clever servant helping the befuddled master has been a common theme for centuries, the Barber of Seville. So don't get your panties in a twist over the plot. Plus, Sam Waterston was great. (laughs) (laughs) I I had that myself. (laughs) 11 out of 31 found this helpful. One out of 10. There's there's some big controversy about the moral, like, like, reasoning behind their decisions yeah, I to guess rob so. people, I guess. Like is there big drama I'm missing on the, the, the boards of IMDB? I guess. I don't know. I'm trying to find where somebody was really upset about it. Terry, thank you very much for uh for uncovering this on, on your school trips. Yeah. yeah. I mean we could have watched movies about, you know, headless Satanists. We could have watched movies oh, about God, the headless Satanist thing is has been in my head for a very <laughs> long time. Um, I really want to watch that, but you know what? But we watched Fitzwilly. I think that's fair because I did bring mm-hmm. it up. I brought this on myself, if anything. So I, mean, yeah. I didn't hate it. I, I thought it was fine. I, you know, I, it was something <laughs> I could watch. Yeah. The way you said fine is the way I said fine after every month's reception. Yes. It's fine. <laughs> it exists. I watched it. I'm not dead. It, yeah. I'm, it's yeah. fine. Yep. 
Yeah, that, that, that's a fair comparison, I think. Oh, Terry. Mm-hmm. Wow. <sighs> I don't know. I, 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 usually, it's so much easier to stick the landing when the shit's terrible and we can bitch about it for like an hour and a half. And then... <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. Uh, well, okay. So what what do we got coming? So we've got next is one of the uh we got the the movie, right? The Monsters Go Home is the first Monsters movie, I think. And oh my god. Is that the one that was in theaters? Oh I, that, I don't know. Beats the shit out of me. I think it's in my DVD collection, but I don't know if it was in theaters. Let's see. Monster Go Home, starring Fred Gwynn, Yvonne DeCaller, Yvonne DeCarlo. The monsters travel to England after Herman discovers he's the new Lord of the Munster Hall. Oh, it's got a movie poster. So I'm going to say, yes, it came out in theaters. America's Funniest Family in their first full length feature in Technicolor. Sweet. Well, that sounds exciting. So they're in color. Oh, my God. Mm-hmm. This is going to be awesome. I don't know. Fred Gwynn, Yvonne DiCarlo, Al Lewis, Butch Patrick and Debbie Watson. Pep Richardson in it? No, wow. Debbie Watson is. Mm-hmm. Mm, that's a mystery. Okay. We should do this. Let's talk about what we expect to have happened in the Munsters or where we think. How much of the show is going to be rehashed into the movie? Oh, I'm going to say they're they're going to cover the gist of it. You know, they're going to be like, we'll probably have like a scene of like somebody coming to visit the Munsters at the beginning and getting all scared and running off and then they'll know. be going to the plot after that. I we'll, bet you we'll, we'll see spot again. We're going to we're going to have a bunch of recycled jokes. Screenplay by George Tibbles, Joe Connolly and Bob Mosher. Oh, oh Tibbles is back. Directed by Earl No Strain Bellamy. Yes, this is going to be great. Hold on. Oh, we got Tibbles and No Strain. This might not be too That's bad. A good combo, yeah. I'm looking at the poster. There's a woman with an axe hanging off a building. A seemingly about to attack the monster so yes and then the guy with the knife yeah Yeah. hoping for some serial killers or something i'm assuming those the also starrings that's terry thomas and hermione gingold up there Mm -hmm. you guys got anything to plug nope Mm, no not really no well then i guess the only thing left is and this way we end everything right oh yeah Oh. <laughs> oh, hi there. <laughs> I'm Herman Munster. <laughs> Don't I look frightfully handsome in Technicolor? <laughs> He's talking to us. And allow me to present my wife, Lily. Pleased to meet you. And Grandpa? Hello there. I'm glad I was just hanging around the house. Oh, boy. My handsome <laughs> son, Eddie. And uh, the unfortunate member of our family, my niece, Marilyn. Co-starring Terry Thomas and Hermione Gingo. Herman Munster inherits a fortune and a castle full of homicidal relatives. Oh. Hey, me! What kind of secret do you think it could be? I don't know, but I'll tell you this. Last night, I was looking out my window, and I saw two guys carrying coffins into the building. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, 
Be quiet, Father. I'm trying to think. Come on, Babs. are Derek Glasscock, Keith Gola, and Terry Vicroy. Keith is the host of the Pop-Up Filmcast, and that was great, wasn't it? Both shows can be found wherever you subscribe to podcasts. For more about Keith's shows, you can follow Pop-Up Filmcast on Twitter at Pop-Up Filmcast. And that was great, wasn't it, at How Great Was That? You can also follow Keith on Twitter at KG3030. Terry is one of the hosts of Run the Reel. It's a movie podcast that does deep dives on films with a theme. You can follow Run the Reel on Twitter at Run the Reel. You can also follow Terry on Twitter at Terry underscore Vicroy. If you would like more musings from me, you can follow on Twitter at Derek the number nine and the word nine. Follow Monster Hunters on Twitter at Monster Hunters and subscribe on your podcatcher of choice for more Monster Hunter fun. Monster Hunters is mixed and edited by me, Derek. All original music is composed and mixed by Terry Vicroy, and executive producers are me and Keith Gullett. The Monster Hunters is a Crispy Dodo production.